Good morning. Welcome to morning prayers. Please stand all who are able and join me in the reading of Psalm 24, found on page 12 in your Black Appleton Psalter. The earth is the Lord's and all that is in it, the world and those who live in it. For Who shall ascend the hill of the Lord, and who shall stand in his holy place? Those who have clean hands and pure hearts, who do not lift up their souls towards the lost, and do not swear to They will receive blessing from the Lord, and vindication from the God of their salvation. Lift up your heads, O gates, and be lifted up, O ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is the King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty God. Lift up your heads, O gates, and be lifted up, O ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is the King of glory? My reading for this morning is a bit longer than most, 
but the peculiarity of its content warrants a reading here at Morning Prayers. The Frisian pietist, Jasper Donkartz, in search of a proper location in North America for his quietist community, known as the Lapidists, re recorded the following in his journal as he traveled throughout present-day Massachusetts. Friday, July 12th, 1680. We reached Cambridge about eight o'clock. It's not a large village, and the houses stand very much apart. The college building is the most conspicuous among them. We went to it, expecting to see something unusual, as it is the only college, or would-be academy of the Protestants, in all of North America. But we found ourselves mistaken. In approaching the house, we neither heard nor saw anything mentionable. But, going to the other side of the building, we heard noise enough in an upper room to lead my comrade to say, I believe they are engaged in disputation. <laughs> we entered and went upstairs when a person met us and requested us to walk in, which we did. We found there eight or ten young fellows sitting around, smoking tobacco, with the smoke of which the room was so full that you could hardly see. And the whole house smelt so strong that when I was going upstairs, I said, it certainly must also be a tavern. <laughs> we excused ourselves that we could speak English only a little, but understood Dutch or French well, which they did not. However, we spoke as well as we could. We inquired how many professors there were, and they replied, not one, that there was not enough money to support one. We asked how many students there were. They said at first 30, and then came down to 20. I afterwards understood that there are probably not 10. They knew hardly a word of Latin, not one of them, so that my comrade could not converse with them. They took us to the library, where there was nothing particular. We looked over it a little. They presented us with a glass of wine. This is all we ascertained there. The minister of the place goes there morning and evening to make prayer, and has charge over them. Besides him, the students are under tutors and masters. For being a small college in Cambridge, this university has a prestigious place among other institutions of higher learning. It enjoys a long line of distinguished graduates, graduates like Increase Mather, W.E.B. Du Bois, and Elena Kagan. Heads of state, billionaires, road scholars, are all common fixtures here. The university boasts the largest academic library in the world. Harvard has become synonymous with success. Yet, despite the collective accomplishments of this institution, Harvard, in 1680, 
was nearly indistinguishable from a tavern. The journal entry of Donkartz reminds us that success is fleeting, and therefore so also is failure. How did this place get through the changes and chances of life? What was it that brought the would-be academy of the Protestants from a place of paucity to a position of prominence? In looking beyond the honors and accolades of individuals and institutions, we learn that success might have more to do with the metaphysical rather than any sort of material gain. To this point, Proverbs chapter 11, verse 2, points us in the way of success. It reads, When pride comes, then comes disgrace. But wisdom is with the humble. Humility goes a long way in aligning us with success. When we are humble, we recognize that our success is inextricably connected to the success of our neighbors. One thing that remains the same today as it did in 1680 is Harvard's tradition of prayer. Though it is no longer compulsory, prayer is certainly one sure way of fostering humility and staving off pride. Let us pray. O oh God, be with us in our learning. Help us to see past the prestige of degrees to the sacramentality of education so that each day we might achieve humility. Amen. Amen. Please join me in the Lord's Prayer printed on the back of your order of worship. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Now please stand, all who are able, and join us in the singing of the hymn, God Moves in a Mysterious Way, hymn number 201.
watch and keep as we leave this place, but never from the presence of God until we meet again. Amen. Amen.